Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. What's going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of Mitten Money. If you can't tell, I was trying to channel Will Zank, but obviously I'm not Will. It's Abby here again, co-producer of Mitten Money. Will is still out enjoying his second born on paternity leave, so I am pleased to introduce Matt Smith on today's pod. Matt is a self-employed realtor whose journey has taken him from the military to owning a gym to now realty. Safe to say a lot of us don't have as diverse a resume as Matt does, so tune in to hear how he tackled each of his experiences. So Matt, you have quite the professional background with stops including the U.S. Army, owning your own gym, being the director of personal training to now being a successful realtor. And so what initially attracted you to each of these fields? Coming out of high school, I think I knew right away that college was not going to be the conventional route for me. And so with my background in the outdoors and growing up around hunting and fishing and also having a dad and a grandfather who were both veterans, the Army was a pretty easy fit for me. I wanted an opportunity to jump into the workforce, if you will, and make some money and earn some money for college and kind of figure things out a little bit. So that was a pretty easy leap for me. During high school, and I'm going back to you know mid to late 80s at this point, I always worked out in conjunction with football, baseball, and wrestling. And not a lot of people were working out in high school sports at that time, but there was a small group of us that worked out in the small little cage that we had at Meridian High School. And I, I absolutely loved it. And that continued on when I was in the military. We did our normal required PT, but there was a number of us that also went to the gym on base and worked out. Uh, that kind of progressed to me becoming a master fitness trainer in the Army and leading a lot of the units that I was in and, and designing their workout programs and things of that nature. So as I transitioned out of the military and back to civilian life, of course, the first thing I did was join a gym and kept that going. During the course of that, I realized that it really was where I loved to be. And I loved interacting with people in the gym. And I had a lot of people coming up and asking me questions and asking me for help and things like that. And I really enjoyed that part of my fitness experience. So one thing led to another. And I came home one day from work and told my now wife, then fiance, that I wanted to start a gym. And we were off and running. Sounds simple in principle, but as we'll soon dive into the podcast, I'm sure it involves a lot more work than just having that idea. So I appreciate you giving that little bit of background. And so while I was doing research for the podcast, Matt, I saw that you're actually deployed to Mogadishu in 1993. And so for those people who may not know, this was around the same time as the movie Black Hawk Down was based around. And so what was your experience like being deployed overseas? Yeah, that was a really different time for deployments than it is now. And I don't think that Social media and cell phones and laptops and the internet are necessarily bad per se, but what we experienced was very different because we didn't have the internet or social media. And so 
when I deployed, we were literally deployed. And if you didn't write a letter or receive a letter, you had no correspondence with people back home. And now I see a lot of younger people that I know that are deployed. I'll call it a luxury. They have the luxury of FaceTime with family and, and social media. And so it's a kind of odd for me being a little bit older to see them sharing their experiences every day on social media, but very different time, very different place. And I jokingly tell the story of a bunch of 18 to 20 year old guys standing around at formation. And I was with uh, fourth infantry division Fort Carson, Colorado. The first sergeant comes to formation and drops the news that we're being deployed to this place called Mogadishu, Somalia. And at that time, of course, because of no internet or no cell phones and most army recruits not being geography majors, we had no idea where this was. So after our workday was over, we all piled in a car and we drove downtown to the library and we grabbed an atlas and looked up this place where they were going to send us. And I jokingly tell that story because now you would just grab your phone and you would Google Mogadishu, Somalia, and you'd know exactly where you're going. That was spring of 1993. That was early on in that conflict. And it was very interesting being part of a multinational force. There was a lot of interjection from the UN. We didn't necessarily love that a lot of what we did was being controlled by the UN, but that's how these theaters sometimes play out. As we progressed through the summer and into the fall, we got uh, replaced by a unit out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And three weeks later, Black Hawk Down happened. So it was, as you alluded to the movie, Black Hawk Down, that was essentially the same time period we had just got back to the United States when that happened. So it was an interesting culture and an interesting place because we were all in downtown Mogadishu the entire time that we were there. So it was kind of high alert um, 24 by 7. It was certainly interesting being able to go list off all those details being deployed overseas and certainly the, you know, how everything can compare contrast versus internet phones, social media, the verse having to go down to, you know, your local library to go find where in the Atlas Somalia was. And so that's very interesting. And so after the army now, now we're fast forwarding a couple of years, you were eventually, you re-love, you never lost, but you find this love of being inside the gym, helping out others. And so you eventually were the owner of Smitty Ironsworks, which later merged into another organization. And so what prompted you to become the owner of the gym and go into the field of fitness? Because for some people, you know, they would be more than happy, more than be satisfied just being a personal trainer, but you took it another step to actually become the owner of the gym. And so what was that process like? I think taking a non-conventional route in education and things of that nature, I always was compelled to the entrepreneurial side of my spirit and my drive, my internal drive, if you will. I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who have that internal drive to go to school and get a bachelor's degree and a master's degree and maybe even a PhD or multiple degrees. And my internal drive was different. My internal drive was to pave my own path and, and make my way myself. And so it, as I was a, a member of a gym at that time in Midland, and it was not being run very well, not being managed very well. And 
I cultivated this love of working with the people there and the other members at the same time that those same members and I were always complaining about the situation that we were in as members and what we would do different if it was ours. And it just clicked for me. And I said, well, what if it was mine and and why not? Uh, and, you know, again, I, I mentioned um, my then fiance, now wife, Julie, um, had it not been for her support when I came home with this crazy idea of, hey, I think I want to make this guy an offer. It's pretty clear he's not happy with what he's doing and how he's running this business. And I think we can do it better. And she just looked at me and said, you know, I've never seen you not achieve something that is important to you and that you put your mind to. And and so if you come up with a solid plan, I'm behind you 100%. So the caveat there was I needed to come up with a plan. Now, not having a business degree background or anything of that nature, never having owned a business, run a business. Heck, I'd never even worked in a gym before. I'd only ever been a member. Putting that plan together was not the easiest thing in the world. But I took about probably about six weeks and I mapped this out, a lot of it on my living room floor with pages and pages and pages of research and and documentation and hypothesis on what I thought we could do and, and how we would do it. We made a run at it and we opened the doors. I loved every minute of it from 2003 to 2015. Certainly crazy to go see an idea with that fruition you know, come to force. And I feel like for a lot of people too, almost having that unconventional background can give almost a certain leg up and a different mind because you know you are taking a different look at things. You know, Some people may look at it like, well, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not, but Having the unconventional look, having that love affair can certainly help you out. You know, it made a pretty successful run for being a gym. And so to, if memory serves you right, I believe that gym was later merged into another organization and then also becoming later the director of personal training. And so things are going good for you. Things are riding high and now transitioning over to where you are at Modern Realty. You know, that's this is where all roads have led you to where you are today. And so what was that thought process for you, you know, to go into real estate and then also have that niche in the outdoors? Were you, were you on the living room floor again, mapping everything out? You know, I wasn't on the living room floor, but I will say that the, the brief stop that I made as the director of personal training at Greater Midland Community Centers, and that was part of that stop there was an obligation that I gave to them when we merged the two organizations and, and uh, wanted to um, give them a couple of years to teach them the business side of how I was running our personal training business in particular. And it was a great experience, but it also re-solidified for me that I work best on my own and that I wanted to get back into that, that space again. And through that process of really kind of self-exploration and what's next and what am I going to do now? And I'm now I'm in my mid-40s. And thinking about a major career change at that point was a little unsettling at some points, but exciting also. My whole life, the one thing we touched on earlier in my decision to go in the Army was that had been consistent my whole life is the outdoors. Hunting, fishing, anything, hiking, boating, you name it. If it's outside, I'm, I'm in. I had a friend down in St. John's that's a real estate agent down there, and, and he does primarily just hunting land hunting land, recreational properties, things like that. And I met him through some classes that I was doing in habitat development and things like that. And it made me kind of stop in my tracks and say, wait a second. So you're telling me 
that your job is to take people out on a side-by-side in a pair of boots and walk hunting property, and, and you make a pretty darn good living doing that. That was the thing that first led me to real estate. And the idea that that's kind of the, the direction that I would go. It also was the birth of what we branded as Matt Smith Outdoors and created the logo and created everything around that. Here's the interesting part. As I started in real estate in what is essentially my hometown of Sanford slash Midland, Midland County, this area, I realized that through all the years of owning a small business, being involved in the Chamber of Commerce, being involved in a number of nonprofits, service clubs, all of these different things was pretty fantastic for a real estate career. And it really wasn't even on my radar. I didn't map that out on the living room floor. I did not know that that was going to have such a big impact. So I took off very, very quickly in real estate and it wasn't necessarily hunting land. It was helping people buy and sell homes, which I do absolutely love. The connection for me that's really made real estate work well for me is the similarities between working with clients in real estate and working with clients in the gym. When people say, gosh, it seems like two very, very different careers, I have to stop and explain to them how similar they are in that this person has someplace they need to be or want to go, whether it's in a fitness goal or whether it's in buying or selling a home, acquiring a second home, a hunting property, something like that. In the process of sitting down and listening to this person and really understanding their goals and their wants and needs and desires and all of those things is so much like doing that in the gym. It has fulfilled me as a person. And intrinsically, I just love working with clients because it feels just like I was working with clients in the gym. Very special. And so the next question kind of ties into a little more about the outdoors. And so obviously you're trying to brand yourself as the outdoor person. People obviously, maybe close friends and associates, people who you met in the community may already know about that, you know, existing people, but obviously part of the business is also attracting new clients. And so how do you think about making content to help build your outdoors brand? I perused around your Facebook page and see you have a, a lot of really good content, whether it's talking about generators, another small business owner to talking about a different property walkthrough, which would be fascinating just to go do that any day. And you luckily have the uh, opportunity to go do it as often as you have listings. And so how do you think about making content that's relatable to people? Yeah. Content on social media is a really neat thing to me. And many, many years ago, as I kind of dove into social media, when I was still in the gym, we developed this plan, if you will, for social media that I called the 33% rule. And it was educate, enlighten, and entertain. And really bringing and delivering different content that is not all just the same all the time. Because otherwise, of course, people kind of scroll past and there's no reason to see the exact same thing they saw yesterday. So I put a lot of thought into that when I do videos with other people whether it's a home inspector that's giving tips on taking care of your home, or like you said, the generator videos and a lot of the forestry and timber videos where we're educating people on forestry and timber. And the reaction that I've gotten is, gosh, I really don't own any property and I don't really have a need to 
understand this deeper level of forestry, but it really is cool to watch. And it's very interesting to see an expert talk about silviculture and, and things like that in the woods. So that's where I really like to bring that engaging content. And then that's mixed in with the YouTube videos that I do out on properties where we really bring places to life. It's always been my goal to take a listing and not just have the written description and the photos, but to really create a video that brings it to life. And I think that the way that buyers engage with the real estate market these days, it's very important because most people are finding places that they want to see while they're sitting on their couch scrolling through their phone. So if I give them something very compelling, um, but not too long, you know, you always have to remember how long that content should be. It's been very, very successful. And then as far as promoting the brand and promoting these properties outside of my area, the ability to boost posts in other areas has been really great for me. I'll take each of those posts and I'll boost them down in you know the Detroit area, the Ann Arbor area, Lansing, Grand Rapids. And so the following that I've created on social media statewide has been has been really cool to see. No, certainly so. Pretty successful just with the amount of people following you. LinkedIn, Facebook, all the social media brands. And so definitely... And I could definitely see how all the success on social media has definitely led to you to having success in real estate. I saw that you recently won an award for being Realtor of the Year for 2021. And so what would be the biggest thing that you would attribute to the success or to your success in relation to that? I tell a lot of young realtors or people that are new to this industry that I feel like I had a head start because of all the years of being a small business owner prior to this. And what I mean by that is owning your own business, you know, and you realize that no one is going to do anything for you. If you don't do it, it's not going to get done. And if you don't do it, it's probably not going to get done the way you would like it to be done. As realtors, we're 1099 independent contractors, and our success and failures falls solely on our shoulders. It is a lot more important who you are and what your daily habits are than what brokerage you work for in ultimately your success in this industry. And so having that nurtured process of learning my style and my way of doing things as a small business owner launched me in my mid-40s straight into this real estate career and really has solidified you know, what I'm doing and how I do it. Certainly. And so moving along now to our lightning round of questions. And so I think I might know what your most important daily habit is, but what would you consider your most important daily habit? Is it working out? It is personally. That wasn't exactly where I expected that question to go, but it is because it kind of sets the stage for how I feel in the morning. And my wife and I still get up at 4.45, 5 o'clock in the morning and, and get our day started. But honestly, I think that in this season of my life, one of my most successful daily habits is the time that my wife and I spend reading and doing devotions together in the morning before we start our day, because it really puts us in a mindset where we're ready to take on whatever it is that the world hands us that day. Of course. And so what would you say is your favorite TV or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently? We're in season seven of Suits right now. And 
Wow. I, you know, I'm, I'm really drawn to any kind of TV show where there's business involved and closing deals and things like that, because intrinsically at the end of the day, I do love closing deals. And so, you know, we watched billions at, at one time and, you know, that was kind of the stock market side and this is more of the attorney side, but so suits is we're just wrapping up that, uh, that series now. Now, certainly a fun series and it's interesting where I believe the most I shouldn't say one of the most famous because obviously all the people on the show are all famous, but it's crazy to go think that I believe, is that the show Meghan Markle was on? It's certainly crazy to go see that transformation from Suits to being in the uh, royalty. And so definitely so. And so Matt, if you could be remembered for just one thing, what would it be? Hard work from the time I left high school and went in the army to own a small business to you know now closing in on my 20th year of being self-employed. It doesn't happen without hard work. And every day I have to get up and I have to put my boots on and I have to go to work. And um, that's really, I think hard work can overcome a lot of things that you don't have in a conventional education background and, and things of that nature. Of course, I couldn't agree enough. And so Matt, for those people who want to learn more about yourself or modern realty, what are some good resources for the listeners out there? We talked about the social media platforms. So Matt Smith Outdoors is my space for Facebook and for Instagram. And I think it's just Matt Smith on LinkedIn. I like all three of those platforms. I've played around with a few of the other platforms and decided that I was best off if I just focused all my attention on three. But those Matt Smith Outdoors platforms are a great place to find me. And then I always welcome phone calls and texts. And, and that's uh, 989 Nine four eight three seven three eight. Awesome. Thanks for mentioning that. And just a little plug for you guys and your Facebook page as well. Fabulous videos, especially even if you're new to the outdoors. I love all the content you posted. At least when I was preparing for this interview, I'm like, oh, there's some pretty cool stuff that I don't deal necessarily day to day. And so definitely a little plug for you. But thank you, Matt, for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another great episode of Mint Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com. Mitten Money.